Welcome to the Pilgrim Rest Baptist Church Podcast with your host, Pastor Terry Eugene Mackey. Today's topic is Easter service, the man in the middle, derived from the book of Luke, chapter 23, verse 33. Let's take a listen. They crucified our Lord. And the Bible says that there were criminals who were there with him. One on his right and the other on the left. I want to preach today on this Easter Sunday about the man in the middle. That's what I want to talk about for a few minutes. The man in the middle. Won't you do me a favor? Look at that neighbor if you're in the sanctuary. Look at that neighbor if you're at home. Look at someone or look at something or look up here at me and say, Hey, neighbor. Come on, come on, say it with a resurrected voice. Say, hey, neighbor, good to see you this morning. And said, neighbor, I know about the thief on the left. I know about the thief on the right. But this Sunday ain't about the thief on the left. This Sunday's not about the thief on the right. It's about the man in the middle. Come on, give the Lord a big hand clap of praise. Yes, that's what we come to talk about. We want to talk about the man in the middle. Praise the Lord for his word on today. Yes, I did mention earlier on for those that are just logging in that I am pleased as punch to once again say that a month from today that we will return to in-person worship as a congregation. And I love Pilgrim Rest. I know some of you are saying, Pastor Mackey, we know you love Pilgrim Rest. You're the pastor of Pilgrim Rest. But listen, I just don't love Pilgrim Rest because I'm the pastor of Pilgrim Rest. But I love Pilgrim Rest for at least three reasons. I love Pilgrim Rest because of the congregation. We have some people at Pilgrim Rest unlike any other across this globe. (laughs) We praise God for the congregation, and I praise God for the culture of Pilgrim Rest. No, we're just not a church in the heart of the community but we know how to keep the community at heart. Do I need to say that again? I said, we're just not a church in the heart of the community, but we know how to keep the community at heart. That's why last week we were able to give 345 vaccinations, and I am pleased to say again on the 8th, the 9th, and the 10th of this week, that's mean, that's right this week, brothers and sisters, we're going to be giving 1,500 to 2,000 vaccinations a day with our partners, Dignity Health. Come on, that's a wonderful church right there. Oh, yes, I love Pilgrim Rest because of its culture. I love Pilgrim Rest because of the congregation. And believe it or not, I love Pilgrim Rest because of its construction. Yeah, I mean, this church is like no other in terms of its construction. And one of the architectural features that I love about our church is not inside of the church. I do love the inside, but but one of my favorites is the architectural features on the outside. 
the architectural features on the outside of the church because one, one of those architectural features is uh, when you look right in the very front of the church, uh, although you see this grandiose structure, uh, there is something right in the front of the church that helps us as a congregation to keep the main thing the main thing. <laughs> right, right, right here on the corner of Jefferson and 14th, if you pierce up into the sky, you see as if it's coming out of the ground three mammoth crosses that are suspended up in the sky. And why is that important? Because it reminds us as a church, no, no matter how many vaccines you give, it re reminds us as a church, no matter how many tons of food you give to people with your mobile food pantry, no, no matter how many people you're able to help with the grants that you have received, and also due to the tithes and all offerings of the membership, it helps us to know that we wouldn't be able to do what we do as a congregation if it were not for that scene of those three crosses. Because the scene of those three crosses points us back to what happened on the first Good Friday. And on that first Good Friday, three men died that day. But what I want you to notice is looking at the crosses here at Pilgrim Rest, all of them are not the same height. No, look again at the crosses. You, you will notice that the cross on the left is one height and the cross on the right is another height. But, but directly in the middle that particular cross spans over the other two crosses why because the crosses on the left and the right represent the two thieves that died on the cross but 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 the cross in the middle it's talking about that man in the middle. And although those other men died along with Jesus on Golgotha's hill, their death made an impression. But, but, but Jesus' death, the man in the middle, his death didn't make an impression. His death made an impact. How do you know, Pastor? Because although three men were dying on Golgotha's hill, three men were dying in three different ways. Can I preach it to you? One of the thieves died in anguish. The other thief died in anticipation. But the man in the middle, he died the sole authority of the whole wide world. One of the thieves died forsaken. One of the thieves died fulfilled. But the man in the middle died as the first fruits of them that were dead but shall rise again. The other thief on the other side, that particular thief died in condemnation. The other thief on the other side, he died justified. But the man in the middle, he died with some compassion. One of the men died, that particular man died as a blasphemer. The other thief, he died 
died as a believer. But Jesus, the man in the middle, y'all going to catch it in a minute. He died the benefactor. One of the thieves, he died in sin. One of the thieves, he died from sin. But the man in the middle, he died for sin. And when I think about that Jesus died for sin, I believe it's time now for me to ask you a question. And my question is, what can wash away my sin? I got an answer for you. Nothing. I wish I had some help out there. But the blood of Jesus, what can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ. Because of the man in the middle, the power of sin, the penalty of sin, and the presence of sin have all been effected because of the man in the middle. But church, did Jesus, the man in the middle, did he have to die in the middle? I, I mean, he, he's Jesus and his blood being shed for us. Does it really matter if it was on the left side? If it was on the right side? Is it by accident? Is it by coincidence that he happened to be in the middle? I could very well understand if Jesus died on the left side. Why? Because in the book of Job, Job 23, Job talks about that God works on the left side. <laughs> you, you didn't know that. You need to read your Bible. Yeah, it, it says that in Job 23 that God works on the left side. Why? Because the left side is considered the weak side. <laughs> and the Bible did say when I'm weak, I'm preaching better than you're saying, amen. When, I, when I'm weak, that's when I become strong because God can work. Mm-hmm. On the left side. Yeah, it would have been nice for him to die on the left. What about the right? Uh, yeah, he could have easily died on the right. Because Psalm 20 talks about that God can save us with his right hand. Because the right hand speaks of God's strength. Uh, the right hand speaks of God's power. I, I, I'm sorry, all you lefties out there. I'm, I'm talking to the right hand. Before I'm, no, I'm talking about God's right hand. God's right hand. It speaks of his strength. It speaks of his His Power. It speaks of God's potency in his right hand. And wouldn't it, be one, wouldn't it have been wonderful to see God's power, the greatest demonstration of God's power being Jesus dying on the cross if Jesus would have died on the right side? But no, 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 he doesn't die on the left. <laughs> would have been nice. He doesn't die on the right, but, but, but he dies in the middle. <laughs> Pastor Mackey, why do you think that's so? Yeah, I don't think it's by accident. I don't think it's by coincidence, but I think it's by God's divine providence that Jesus dies in the middle. Why? Because uh, when you go back uh, to the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings, Genesis chapter 2, verse 9, it tells us where sin began. Remember, God told our four parents, Adam and Eve, don't eat of the tree of good knowledge and evil. But what did they do? They do the same thing we, we, we do. We, we, we are descendants of them. Uh, we're naughty by nature because they, they did what God told them 
not to do it. Don't, don't that sound like us? Yeah, yeah, the milking folk. Mm-hmm. They, they, we, we do what God said not to do, and sin enters the world. But my question, as I focus on Genesis chapter 2, verse 9, is where is this tree? Where is this tree where sin all began. Look at 2 and 9 of Genesis. If you have your Bibles open, it says that the tree of good knowledge and evil was in the middle. <laughs> yeah, it's in the, it's, it, it, it's in the middle of the garden. It, it's not on the left side. Mm-mm, no, no. It's, it's not on the right side, but it's in the, in the, in the middle. <laughs> and watch this, church. Jesus, when he dies for our sin, he, he doesn't die on the left side. He, he doesn't die on the right side, but, but he's the man in the middle. He dies in the middle. Why is that? Because uh, God was trying to show us uh, by putting the cross of Jesus in the middle. Uh, if sin entered the world uh, in the middle of a garden, uh, and he's saying uh, that now as I'm going to bring an end to sin, as I'm going to bring an end to the very penalty of sin because the Bible says the wages the payment for sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. There he is, that man in the middle. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. So what God does is when he allows them to put the cross and put Jesus in the middle he says, I'm going to end sin in the very spot where it began. Y'all don't hear me. It started in the middle, and I'm going to end it not on the right side, not on the left side, but I'm going to do it right where it got started in the middle. Oh, yes, brothers and sisters, I, I think there's another reason why Jesus dies in the middle Because when you look at Leviticus chapter 16, (laughs) Leviticus 16 talks about uh, Yom Kippur, uh, what the Jews know as the Day of Atonement. And the Day of Atonement means uh, the, the day where their sins would be forgiven. And what would the priest have to do in order to help to speed this process along that the entirety of Uh, the Israelite nation would uh, be forgiven of their sin. Here is what uh, the high priest would do. He would take two goats um, and he would cast lots and uh, when he would cast lot it would be to see which goat would be the scapegoat and uh, which goat would be the sacrifice. And what does it mean pastor to be the scapegoat? Well uh, the high priest would lay his hands on the scapegoat and he would spiritually transfer all of the sin as he stood as the representative for Israel he would transfer all of the sin of the people of Israel onto that particular goat that's why it's called a scapegoat because the, the, the 
all of the sins of the people were placed on that goat. And what would happen is, once he would transfer all of the sins onto the goat, that goat would be led out of town as far as the eye could see. And when the people could not see the goat any longer, that means just like the goat was gone with their sins, that means that the penalty for their sin was gone for that particular year. And then the other goat would be the sacrifice where the priest would actually sacrifice that particular goat and he would take the blood of that goat. Watch this now. And he would sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat on the mercy seat and when he was sprinkling the blood on the mercy seat of the ark of the covenant what are you talking about pastor I, I want you to look at this picture because uh, this picture that I'm showing to you right now is a picture of the ark of the covenant it, isn't it beautiful it's laden with gold and if you notice there are hooks on uh, this particular ark of the covenant because the ark of the covenant is the visible manifestation of the invisible presence of God. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. It is the visible presence of the invisible presence of God. And when you see this ark, it represented God's holy presence. In the inside of the ark it had Aaron's rod that still was budding. On the inside of that ark, it had the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments. On the inside of that ark, it also had a cup of manna to remember Remember how God had blessed the Israelites. But on top of that ark, there were cherubims. There was a cherubim on the left. And there was a cherubim on the right. And guess what you all? In the middle, between the cherubim on the left and the cherubim of the right, is what's called the mercy seat. And what happens is that priest would take the blood from that goat and he would sprinkle it across the mercy seat because the mercy seat is believed to be the place where God actually lives where God actually resides and it was sprinkling it where God lived because blood is the only thing that can appease the wrath of God blood is the only thing that can satisfy God's wrath watch this church and on the cross of, of Calvary. Why is Jesus in the middle? Because God was showing us that on the cross he had transformed that cross and now it had become the new mercy seat because the mercy seat is where God lives. And the last time I checked, Jesus Christ was God in flesh. Have I got some help on here? And he's in the middle because in the Old Testament God the Father he lived in the middle and now God the Son is dying in the middle because he has a thief on the left and has a thief on the right and guess what happened y'all when Jesus blood started pouring 
turn from that cross, mercy started flowing everywhere. Mercy got on the soldiers because Jesus said, I know y'all wrong for gambling with my clothes, but he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Mercy starts spilling from the cross. He told his mother, woman, behold thy son. Son, behold thy mother. Because mercy starts spilling from the new mercy seat. And then he told that thief on the other side of him, today you'll be with me in paradise. And I got some help in here. Because mercy starts spilling from the new mercy seat. And I understand this is Easter Sunday and some of y'all haven't worn church clothes all year long. And some of you all got the nerve to have your church clothes on today. God bless you. But guess what church? I know some of you want to get on program because it's Easter. But can I tell you this is your time right now to get on this program. This is your time right now to get on the service. Why, pastor? Because I'm talking about mercy. And the thief on the cross shouldn't be the only one that can thank God for his mercy. Because the reality is you wouldn't be alive today. You wouldn't be watching me today. You wouldn't be hearing my voice on Easter Sunday morning if it were not for the mercy of the Lord. Can I tell y'all the truth? Mercy woke you up this morning. Mercy started you on your way. Mercy put food on your table. Mercy put shelter over your head. Mercy kept you out of jail. I wish I had a few more witnesses out there. Mercy has kept you alive. Mercy got you the vaccine. And mercy has been keeping you ever since the pandemic began. Can somebody in the virtual world throw your hands up, lean your neck back, and give God a shout for mercy. Your grace and your mercy brought me through. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. On Monday, I got new mercy. On Tuesday, I got new mercy. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I got new mercy. <laughs> Hallelujah. That on that cross, it became the new mercy seat. <laughs> For our Lord Jesus Christ. I, I got one more thing to tell you and I, I'll leave you alone. Uh, brothers and sisters, uh, the other reason I think that Jesus, the middleman, dies in the middle is because he wants to remind us that he is 
the middleman. Now, wait a minute. I, I know, I know, I know. A lot of us don't like the middleman. We're told that uh, you can receive 20 to 30% more profit if you cut out. Come on, help me, somebody. The middleman. <laughs> uh, if you dismiss the middleman. But can I tell you something, Brother Stan? I believe that, that, that Jesus is the one middleman you don't want to cut out. I wish somebody would talk to me out there. Jesus is the one middleman you don't want to dismiss. Why? Because you get some stuff with this middleman that the other middleman can't give you. Uh, the Bible says... In John 14 and 6, this middleman says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Watch this. And no man can come to the Father but by me. If you can't get to God unless you get through Jesus, that means that Jesus is the middleman. That means that your prayer, listen. No matter how much oil you put on yourself, no, no matter how you get your knees dirty around your bed, if you don't pray your prayer in Jesus' name, it's like writing a letter without a stamp. I wish somebody would talk to me in here. Your prayer is just floating around in the room. But can I get a witness that I know I might not be the most articulate when it comes to my praying, but on Aren't you glad today that God is more concerned about your petition than he is your position? And I have learned how to make sure before I lift my head up to say in the name of Jesus. Because he's, he's, the, he's the middle man. I'm getting out of here, church. But in the book of Daniel... In the book of, of Daniel, uh, Daniel chapter 3, uh, it, it retorts the story of the three Hebrew boys. Y'all remember that story? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were down there in the fiery furnace. And, 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 and the, the Bible says that, that, that while they were in the the fiery furnace. Verse 25, Nebuchadnezzar decided he was going to take a gander and see if they had been turned into ash. And the Bible said when he looked down there, he saw not three, but he saw four men. Watch this. And it says, Stan, the fourth one looked like, watch this, the sun of God. Uh, uh, church, let, 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 me, let me give you that, that rendition uh, in the New American King James Version. It says, the four men were walking in the middle. <laughs> I wish church folk knew when to shout. Because if Jesus is the fourth man, and the four of them are walking around in the middle of the fire, that means we have a middleman that don't mind getting the hot 
hotspots with you. See, some of y'all got some people in your life. As soon as it gets hot, they find somewhere else to go. But aren't you glad you serve a Jesus that won't leave you by yourself, but he'll walk in the middle of the flames with you. To God be the glory. Thank you for listening today. We want you to partner with us and become a part of our family. Please go to our website, pilgrimrestphx.org to get more information. You can also text to give by texting PRBC to 77977. Remember to subscribe. Now, let's go live a life of higher heights and deeper depths as we occupy all streets.